Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. They call me the voice of New York. And 50 years ago, hip hop started right here in New York City. And we're celebrating the five boroughs all year long. Check out nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop for cultural stories, events, interviews, and more. nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop. It'll be interesting. The Houston wildcard game, the AFC championship against the Chiefs, 13 seconds. That's, you know, three devastating playoff losses. No doubt. In a row. You know, I had, I had forgotten how they blew that lead against the Texans, too. I mean, that I know game, who didn't forget. Terry. But that would be four. I mean, we'll, we're kind of jumping the gun here. But the, this, this AFC is loaded. It's going to be... I guess if you're the Bills, what you're hoping is like the AFC West kind of cannibalizes itself and they just like beat each other up all year. You know, the AFC North, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm not there with the Browns and Deshaun Watson. I'm not there yet either. Um, I think the Bengals be really good with Joe Burrow. The Browns, oh, they'll be uh, The Ravens are always good that we talked about on the last There's show. There's going to be plenty. Of, we know the good teams with the quarterback. It's very realistic that they could have another playoff loss he's going to have don't let he, it be he, at home if it was at home here's it would define I, him as it, a head coach if to do it again if it doesn't already it would he would be marty schottenheimer and then some marty schottenheimer never had a josh allen you know these coaches that just fall up short. sometimes it's be careful what you wish for right matt like everybody knows you have to have that franchise quarterback as a head coach once you get him we talk about this all the time but now the pressure has shifted to you as the coach because it's always you always have that out, man. If I just had a quarterback, if I just had him, well, you have him. Now it's on you. And Terry knows it. They all know it. And it, it is. It's on Bean McDermott. Found him too. Brandon Bean. Bean found him. We we talk about this too, Matt. Christmas list for Terry Pagula. Josh Allen's number one. Brandon Bean's number two for the gift list. Terry's not sure about Sean right now. Like I'm. I want to give you a gift, but. And so, for people who don't know, Matt wrote an incredible story on. This. How Brandon Bean and Joe Shane kind of—I don't think there's the been a story for quarterback I, Matt. That that story as a scout, as a former scout, that was awesome because Joe, I know Joe Shane, you know, from my scouting days, and I love that story because I want people to know the the work that goes into that, and it was cool that they let you kind of you know tail along. It was cool. Yeah, it's a uh, it's wild to you know I I give Brandon Bean a tremendous amount of credit for being accessible and open about his love, process. Agreed. There's not that many people that do it. He's been and awesome in the media. Awesome. It's it's one of those things where you look at it and you say, Brandon Bean has, you know, if there's a good yeah. idea and there's something that, that he's game for, he's, he's open to it. And yeah, if you're how confident, is it, how is confident, it hurting? No doubt. If right? you're confident like, in what you do for a job, 
Yeah, come watch me. Which the guys that aren't confident make up excuses like 13 seconds. What's funny is I I pitched the same story uh, to when Doug Whaley was the GM. And it was shut down quicker than yeah. Know, what the hell, Jim? Tell, you, wait, you could ever bring imagine. It up, bring it up. No, bring it up. Never got to Doug. It probably no. Bring it up because I'll tell you right now. Let's, do you remember it or no? Do you remember like the what? What did you want to talk? No, I'm 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 agreeing with you. No, I'm sure I, that, I I pitched it to Birchtold was the problem. You know, it never what got was to it, Doug. What was Whaley, it though? But, what was, oh, to follow, follow to follow. Yeah, to because um, Doug would Sir, not have cared at all. Doug Syracuse was playing Clemson. And I think, you know, I was like, oh, they must be driving down there. Um, oh, you know, it's just two hours. Whole, was this the whole and, um, um, game? Was that the big upset game? No, it was a couple okay. of years before right, that. Go ahead. Clemson sorry. crushed them. Uh, okay, okay. But it was one of those days where it's like, this seems like a low leverage scouting day, right? Where clearly you're just going to watch some great just players. It's not it. like, and, but that was the difference. Different PR guy, different, you know, where Doug Whaley never really got a chance to be himself and show who he was because we've said it many times was, over. And Matt knows that. I wish the world could yeah. see Matt for who he was. You know what I mean? And Matt did stuff with our boy uh, Smoke Dixon, and, and you you know enough to know Doug would have done that in a heartbeat. Absolutely, and that's where like, you know, I I understand. I guess you know, people who are like, look, if I you know, like Belichick typically doesn't have the time of day for a lot of stuff because you know what do I have to gain but Brandon Bean you know I think was pretty smart to be open and accessible and it didn't hurt him right it didn't mean he you know he is I think mindful of not wanting to be the guy who says look at me look at how great I did doing this you know he, he doesn't think he's doing something that other people aren't doing he doesn't come he's across just, that way he's just willing to be a human being and share, bring it, bring the fans closer to how he's doing the job. And it, it makes him look even better when you can go back to those stories, like Tyler said, and you can go back to the, the story on how they, you know, went about scouting Josh and you can say, wow, like, look at all these little things that they did that look really smart. Now, if that were the exact same story, you know, you guys probably went through a pretty exhaustive process to land on EJ Manuel, no less exhaustive, but you don't get the right guy or you're pressured into the wrong guy. And people can pull up those quotes and say, well, look at, look at what an idiot. That's the risk you're taking, I guess. But it shows that story and so many others. I mean, I remember when Taron Johnson made that interception in the Ravens game um, to take them to the AFC championship game a couple of years ago kind of a bumpy up and down type of career for him. Joe Shane went out to Weber state, watched him live because they have a belief that if you're going to take a guy in the first four rounds, you better have seen him live. Either Brandon or Joe had to have seen him live basically for them to take him in the first four rounds. And he, he saw, you know, he made a detour on his trip after I think watching Josh watching Harrison Phillips and somebody else, you know, funny enough, all these guys end up on the team but he goes up to Weber state to, to scout this corner. And it's like, you know, those are fun stories because you log a ton of miles as a scout. You do a lot of thankless BS and and put up with a ton of nonsense, terrible job security, low pay for so many years, time away from, from loved ones. And when you get to the point that Joe and Brandon and those people are at, like you get 
you you should you know celebrate some of those wins and not all of them are going to be wins but they aren't but when you go through that type of process i think you're probably going to have a few more wins than you're not and you know i love that they let me tag along that one day on the the scouting trip because it really showed me like that's as much access you, as you could possibly give. And there was really nothing to lose. I didn't, you know, people were like, oh, I'm going to be paying extra close attention to your mock drafts in, in the fall. And I'll say, okay, great. I, okay, great. Like, <laughs> do you go, I, do you go I, seven I pre- rounds? Do you go U, <laughs> UDFAs? Well, it's like, I key. appreciate Matt, That's I, the key. If you could do seven rounds, you officially know. But think about it. I, okay, so I appreciate the sentiment. Like, by all means, follow my draft coverage more closely <laughs> because I went on a scouting trip Subscribe with these guys. Today. But yeah. but think about what I saw. I saw, oh, Brandon Bean and Joe Shane scouted Alabama LSU. Hey. So they're going to take a guy from Alabama or LSU. They actually only ended up with Levi Walls. But point being, there was probably, what, 40 NFL guys on the field? Like, how bad. How am I supposed to know who they're watching? They don't know who they're no. going to get. It's the fall. Same with Ole Miss, South Carolina. Yeah, were there a few guys that stood out? Debo, I think Debo Samuel was on the field. Brian Edwards was there. Some good players, but A.J. Brown, um, they end up with Dawson Knox. And Brandon Bean kind of, you know, was like, hey, look, we got one. Like, you know, he said to me after, like, that trip wasn't a total waste. Um, but that's – what I kind of realized going on that trip was like, yeah, you could take me on the road. Like these guys are going to see everybody. It doesn't, they might be going there. And he made this point. He's like, I might be going there to cross somebody off my list. Like I see him up close and I say, which is just as important. You guys are, you guys are like speaking to a, in my wheelhouse, but also there's such a community. I wish a lot of scouts could listen to this right now, but that live thing is hilarious in a good way. When I say hilarious, it's so meaningful. I can remember being I can remember watching Cam Newton play against Tennessee Chattanooga. And Cole strange country. It was it was one of those Cole games. Strange. Just, well, I was gonna bring that up. Matt's favorite player. But <laughs> I went there not to see Cam Newton. I just went there to the game. It, it followed in my schedule. It just fell right. I wanted to see some Buddy Nicks, he was like, I'll let you go on the road. I was with the Saints if you go to Chattanooga. I was with the, right. I was with the Saints at the time. Yeah, you weren't on the EJ man. I wasn't on the EJ trail. I should interject. I have to always say that. Although, yeah, anyway. we had EJ on. We like EJ. But I remember a scout. <laughs> I didn't. And I love EJ, though. And that was probably one of the best podcasts in the history of podcasts. Yeah, that was incredible. EJ and I, I mean, I told EJ flat out, like, yeah, man, you had no chance once the new regime came in. But I can remember going up to the press box after pregame warmups. That's where scouts are down there on the field and you're watching things. And, and there's a scout from the Giants. I won't give his name old veteran scout that I always respected. But he said to me, did you see that quarterback throwing the ball? He can't, you know, he can't hit anything. And I'm like, wow. My take was, yeah, I've never seen anybody look like that in my life. I don't really care right now about his accuracy. I've just, I've never seen anybody like this. Like talking about Cam. I'm like, I've never seen a quarterback like That's this. That's amazing. And, 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 and I remember going through the draft meetings and coach Payton wasn't a huge fan of, of, of Cam of Cam Newton because of other things of how he wanted his franchise quarterback to be. And fair enough. I I'm not going to disagree with anything he said. My point was, look, as a scout, I'm just telling you guys, I've never seen anything like this. You you can fine tune it if you want. If he can't do this, can't do that. I know I just have never seen anything like it, but that pre I'm going to give you one more example of a quarterback that I saw live that 
on the other end was Jay Cutler, who I loved on tape, right? Loved him. I went to his game. That damn body language that we all saw and made him famous for the, you know, his show on E and everything after his career, that bad body language, I saw it. And I talked to him about it at the combine when we interviewed him. I remember saying to him, like, I mean, his body language coming off a bad series even at Vanderbilt. I mean, he looked like he was angry at people and blaming people. And it's it 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 didn't concern me enough to say, no, you, you gotta look at this guy. But, but, defined his but here's career. where it led. Coach Payton, that draft looks at Matt Leiner, Jay Cutler, Vince Young. Coach Payton's looking at those guys and he's not getting any kind of consensus. This is our guy. Coach Payton's like, hey guys, we're going after Drew Brees. I'm not dealing with this. I'm not dealing with rookies. If we can go get this guy, I know he has an injury, but I know who he is. I know everything about him mentally. I know what he's capable of if he's healthy. I'll take that chance. That is that how we got of elimination is huge. Coach Payton didn't like any of those quarterbacks. Enough and I think to... that quarterback piece is probably as big as any for live viewings because of what you just said, the, the body language yeah. part of it. I know Brandon Bean and Joe Shane both mentioned that that was a huge part of the 2018 process for them because they knew – I mean, it really started when Brandon Bean sat down for his interview for the job. You know, he had a rough sketch of like. Was that during our, was, was, did they at least interview him after our draft? Or was that like during the draft? Like Jim was having a celebratory beer. I always said Brian Gutekind, Brian Gutekind interviewed, he interviewed before the draft. I found out later that Gutekind interviewed. I'm like, shit. Do you want to say when you got the phone calls from? Well, I know that. Sean gave it. Yeah, we got, well. We got fired the next day, but point being was they were um, anyway. They were interviewing. I think they were interviewing while we were running the draft, but that's all right. Yeah, the whatever, whenever they officially said, whenever uh, they officially, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, on the yacht or wherever. Brandon did say on where, the pod. where we'll it bring, took we'll place. We'll bring Brandon yeah. on. And we're, we're, let's have Brandon on. We are pro Bills. I mean, have I ever said one? Be- Bean hasn't. In my opinion, I think he is one of the best GMs, and I think he's done a great job. I don't criticize anything they've done. Now, I will say that they got the quarterback right, and it helps. He found him. He found him. I give credit but, to that. But we that year, him. that was a big, big thing was like – and, you know, they didn't come out and say this, and they didn't, you know, on or off the record have never said this to me, but look at who was drafted in that class. And I don't even know how, you know, exactly the board was stacked. Was Josh number one? Maybe, maybe he wasn't, but how big a deal? I've heard how how big a deal, how big a deal was body language when you have, you're dealing with Baker Mayfield, but less so Baker and more so Josh Rosen. I think that was a big piece for him. The guy that a lot of people, myself included, thought like this guy is, you know, as good as any in this bunch. And, you know, a lot of people would have said he should be the consensus guy over Josh Allen, but I think the body language piece and the, you know, outside of you needed to turn the tape off and go meet him and go be around him and go feel him on the field. And all the weird stuff scouts say, you know, you gotta, you gotta (laughs) body type them. You gotta size them up. You gotta 
you it's gotta so feel true, though. It's so but true. I'm laughing. I love you guys. But like, with him, that was I think a big piece. They they had to they got real close to the field for that USC UCLA game. They weren't up in the press box watching that one. They got real close to the field to kind of, you know, unique opportunity. You have both those quarterbacks there, right? Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. So it's like, let's get as close as we can and feel what these guys are about to their teammates in between series, the whole thing. You're not seeing that on tape, on the broadcast, on any of it. And it just goes to show like these guys were ready. They were laser focused on the one thing, like Jim has said it multiple times on this, this episode, like if you don't have the quarterback, you know, that's the piece. So like when Brandon Bean got there, it was like, let's make sure we're doing absolutely everything to get this quarterback. We're going to bring, we'll bring freaking David Cully on the plane and take him out to dinner for these privates because we're, we're bringing it all these people, you know, we're bringing everybody. We're leaving nothing unturned. And, you know, well, that's if I'm, how if I'm trying to find a quarterback. So I need Tully's perspective. <laughs> hey, but, but to, to real quick though, to Jake, I wanted to, uh, it just hit me when we were talking about this with the players, but Jay Cutler, to just tell you how much they do pay attention to shit. So I'm at his pro day in Nashville at Vanderbilt. And, you know, we got to, you get to know scout players get to know scouts that, you know, you, you spend time with these guys. So they know your face, they know. And, and obviously we were picking high and knew we were going to probably taking a quarterback with the saints Cutler. We had, we had just signed breeze and free agency. So their pro day, you know, was after that. And Cutler comes up to me and I had my saint shirt on and he remembered me and he's like, why the fuck are you here? So you guys just signed breeze. You don't want me now. He was like, he was pissed off. He thought he was, you know, he thought really we, and he was right. He was in the mix for that second pick of the draft. To him, that signing a breeze just cost him money. And he was right. Not at the end of the day, he was fine. But, you know, he, he really was, said it like that. He looked at me like, what the fuck are you here? You know, but he was, but I love that about Cutler because that was him. He was always that. Like, I was going to say, I, I love, that was my favorite thing about even him. Even if he's an asshole, I kind of love it. I did he's love himself. It. I loved it about him. Give me that over somebody who is you don't know obsessing over how I'll tell you who I didn't. Every second and you know who that would broadcast. be for me would be Trubisky. Where as oh, much really? as I just didn't know if he really believed in himself. Where Cutler was like, "Look, I know I'm good enough. You just you know you sign that guy. I know well, you're not like you should. You messed up. You could have taken me I'll too. You, that, that's not a bad point. I mean, I got to know Trubisky pretty well, and like he didn't have that he, like he, he tried. The, he really worked at it. I'm the man." almost to the extreme, like he was really trying to study <laughs> leadership and reading that book, yeah. um, Captain's Class. And he uh, I, he went above and beyond trying to research how to relate and like, which you can't fault him. I think yeah. that it, it's impressive. No, because he, a, right. a lot of teammates liked him as a person. It wasn't even that, right. But it it's got to be natural, right? And and for better or worse, Jay Cutler was natural. He was himself. He was who he was his he whole, but he never changed from Bandy to wherever he went. It's It's... I always, I always liked him for that. And that's a big Josh Allen thing, isn't it? I mean, that yes. guy's comfortable in who, we, with who he is. is. What do we, yeah. say, we say that all the time, Matt. We sit here and say, I've never heard – there's not one thing I don't love about him. His so press conferences. What's, what's interesting is there were non-Bill scouts leading after that draft that said, you know, we met this guy – we had a private with him or, you know, we had a combine visit and he was like kind of a dork. Like, I'm not sure if he's like the alpha type that you really want leading. He, he kind of came off like a little nervous, a little weird, a little bit of a dork. 
what's so interesting about scouting is you can have one team that sits there and says that, oh, which is 100 percent true about Josh. And Brandon Bean and them saw that and found it <laughs> endearing. They were like, "This guy, this is who this guy is." He was nervous. Brandon Bean pointed that out multiple times. The first time they met him at the Senior Bowl, he was really nervous, and they thought, mm-hmm. "You know, this is in, you know, this is interesting." But Brandon Bean took it as like, this guy really cares. And like, this guy is, and then the next time he was more comfortable and the time, you know, they met him again and he was even more comfortable. All of a sudden he's like owning the table and like being himself and opening up. And so, whereas a couple of area scouts that met him for 25 (laughs) minutes at the combine said, this guy's a dork. He, you know, he's not comfortable. He's not commanding the room. Brandon Bean, you know, peels back the layers as I'm sure a lot of teams did, but it's just, he's just a guy who, is comfortable with who he is and I think teammates really like him for that reason I think there were people that questioned whether he could be that guy in the room because he wasn't your typical Jay Cutler asshole type but (laughs) it's worked out because he's him and then he grows and matures and now he's a man he's not the same kid coming out of Wyoming that was nervous and tripping over his own feet he's grown into himself and found who he is even more you wouldn't believe the overthinking that goes into a player. When we drafted Trey White, Sean McDermott was on the phone with LSU's um, coaches, you know, like a w- two weeks maybe before the draft. And we were talking about um, Adams, the safety, and Trey White, you know, talking about those guys. And Sean got off the phone, and he looked at us, and, and Adams was like off the charts, everything, you know. And Trey was, for us, was off the charts too, but here's what sold – kind of Sean and all of us was I don't know the exact I don't want to say because I don't know the exact coach that Sean talked to at LSU at the time but he told Sean that Trey White was every bit of a dog if not more than Jamal Adams and Sean was like hey for a corner to have that type of you know that type of character too like that that really made us feel good about Trey obviously Jamal went a lot higher but it's the overthinking, and then I'll, I'll one more story on the overthinking. Jiree Evans from the Saints, who I, you know, my dad coached at Bloomsburg. I scouted. We drafted in the fourth round, and when they asked me about him, I've known him his whole life as a freshman, all that. I said, yeah, you know what? If we take him, it's going to take some time. You know, he played Division two, he played right tackle. We're going to bump him the guard. You know, he hasn't done a lot of pass pro at, at, at his level and his offense. Blah blah blah. I was I was overthinking everything. He started at right guard as a rookie and is now in the Saints Hall of Fame and will probably be in Canton at some day. Like, that's how much you can overthink things where I'm like, he needs a year to learn. You know, that as a, I knew Jairi more than anybody. And I said, he's going to need a year. <laughs> Start as a rookie, never miss a game. Look at Ozzie Newsome with Baltimore, right? We were just talking about so, last week where if you have those instincts, Sometimes don't just trust what you see. It's right there in front of you if you can trust it. And really, and the scouts know these guys. And I love you. Conviction. I I can talk. You need. You need to have the conviction. I think it's one of the interesting things about the draft as it plays out. You know, you mentioned Belichick trades down, and everybody thinks he's a genius. And part of that, I think, is Belichick's conviction in the fact that the more picks he has, the better off he is. And you know, he's going to find the the good mid-round values and he, he doesn't need the high pick, whatever. But you go to Brandon Bean and he comes out and says it and says, if there's a player sticking out 
And all I need to do is move up two or three spots to get a player I'm excited about as opposed to somebody I'm not. I'm going with the guy I have conviction on. And and when I did that story following him around on the scouting trip, that's what became clear to me. Like Brandon Bean didn't have the traditional like area scout upbringing. And I think he has a chip because of that. But he also mentioned that, you know, he mentioned that if he's going to like, he has this job, right? He's the general manager of an NFL team. Not a lot of people get to do that. And he's like, if I'm going to have this job and I'm going to do it. And I'm like, if I'm going to fail, I'm at least going to fail with guys that I had conviction about that. I saw up close that I did the work that I went through the right process. At least that way. I know, like I, I did this thing. And I think that's, I, I I think honestly it probably makes that scouting staff, that front office enjoy it. Like I, I imagine working for him is very rewarding because he includes a lot of people oh, and and he's the type of guy who goes out and walks the walk, doesn't take himself too seriously, oh, man, puts in the work, yeah. and he's willing to say, Look, we went through all these meetings. I made these scouts sit here for hours on end telling me every you know little thing about this guy's brother and this guy's dad and (laughs) where he grew up and how many times he got busted for pot and we set this board and we said Kair Elam is the last first round grade and we're sitting here two picks yeah should they have given up a fourth I don't know what the chart says it probably wasn't a good value but I at least I at least respect the reasoning of saying look this guy was sticking out and if we were going to wait and get a guy we weren't pumped about like I'd rather go get the Man. guy, and Matt, I think just, people probably like that. In the just building. summed up, if, if 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 area scouts could listen to this podcast, that is incredible. And not to mention the amount of time area scouts are away from their families, and for the GM to value the area scout, Mickey Loomis for the Saints did that with us. It it makes you okay with everything you're doing, and and hey, I value. I'm listening to you. I'm valuing what you're saying. Whether or not we agree, I'm listening. And, man, it goes a long way. And if those scouts believe in Brandon Bean like that, that's the key to a a front office. It really is. They have to buy into the GM. They have to buy into the GM is going to at least listen to what you're saying. If they think think what what they're saying is in one ear, out the other, you're going to lose them. I'm not going to lie. It happened to us in Buffalo for a lot of reasons. I could yeah, see it I with think, the scouts. I could see it. Know, they they knew we were. They knew it was. It didn't. They were like, man, you guys don't even. This the situation was so bad that I could tell they knew it was bad, and and they didn't give the effort, you know, that we needed from them, and and it was our fault too. I'm which just is saying, affect everything. It, it it it's they're the scouts. Nobody understands it. Matt Tyler, you guys do. Area scouts are the backbone. Yeah. You don't know who they are, but they're the backbone. It's true. It's, yeah, it's more of a private investigator type of role. Than no, his, oh, you know, Matt, so and, and every GM, every GM that, and I'm sorry, I want you, but every GM that that respects those area scouts, I promise you, if you study those drafts and those teams, they're good. Whether or not, well, the quarterback always well, makes a the difference. Look at the Giants. They're going from a front office with Dave Gettleman nightmare. that was – a shit show, shit show. In just about every way. Shit show. Assholes need not apply sign on the desk. But they had a good firing, good football people. Right. You bring in Brandon Bean's right hand man, Joe Shane, 
and he's bringing his own people now. He's trying to rebuild. They did what everything we said. that we're talking about. Yep. A, a, a well-oiled get... machine of a of a scouting department. The Giants need to get the quarterback. They need to strike gold. Doesn't that doesn't that show you though too that just popped into my head as you're talking about it, how much of a mess it was under Dave Gettleman. Oh, doesn't that just show you that maybe there are times that we draw too close of like a lot of people would have said like, Oh, Brandon Bean came from the Dave Gettleman tree. Right. Like, right. They don't even, and they, I guarantee they barely they get work a, together. They, they, they get they barely, along, they you know, do, they barely work together. They barely work. Point together. being like, we probably draw too many lines like Way that, right? Now, like, yeah. very fair to do it with Joe Shane and Brandon Bean. because Joe and Brandon worked together. In Car- Joe was an area scout. Brandon was the cap guy and did some scouting. And they were yes, really They tight, have a history like, tight. You know, and worked really closely in Buffalo. But, like, 100%. Just because you were in the same building with a guy or you were some guy's no quarterback's doubt. coach, like, doesn't mean no you're going to run doubt. your building the exact same way that he does. No in doubt, fact, man. maybe sometimes you look and say, gee, Dave – isn't that fun to work for when I get to do it, I'm going to do it this way, you know? And right. I think, you know, duh, geez, he's really not, there were, I think times where Gettleman, you know, I think Brandon Bean covered some things up sometimes in Carolina, some blind spots that Gettleman had for uh, caps stuff and uh, things like compensatory picks times that, you know, some of these old school football guys just, you know, think they they know the. You have such a great point, though, Matt. Like we were all judged off of our relationships with our editors or our bosses right. or our associates. Like, right? It's, it's very. It's all compared. It's all very different. Like, think anybody listening out there, think about if you were like if everybody tied your identity to who you worked with, it would probably drive you insane. I'd love to get Brandon beat in on this moment on Dave Gettleman. That'd be great. Let's bring him on. I do think I do think they get along, from what I understand. Uh, I, I've um, actually spoken with Dave. He's he was he's a Boston guy. He's a, a people say he's great outside of work. Even the people I talk to, who are extremely critical of Dave Gettleman, say my family had dinner with his family. It was great, and then we got into the office, and then we worked together day to day, and it was hell. That's it, it, he's such a fascinating front office exec GM. I just. There's a lot of layers there, but yeah, he ran the Giants to the ground. It's like cracking. What can you do? Hey, happens to the best of us, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, you wanna you wanna juice? We're drinking a little uh, juice box, boy. Double IPA and Hamburg Brewing Company. You know, you guys. Why you guys are so good at your professions, and careers, because you do the work to dive into more than. The, the the headliners, as I call them, the head coach, the quarterback, right? That's the headliners. Everybody wants to talk to those guys. But for you guys to do the deep dives into the scouting part of it, you're going to find out how things happen. Like, I mean, obviously, we've talked about it on this pod. Well, it takes relationships and conversations, right? I mean, it's I, the story willingness just, of people like right. you to talk about it. Well, not everybody wants to because, yeah, but it's just, it's just incredible to see it from the fall to the draft. And to see the turns, the changes, and I liked him. I didn't like him. I heard, I got a call from this guy. I got a call from this guy. It's just, like, unbelievable. The drama that goes on up till draft day, up until that day when Coach Payton called Urban Meyer and couldn't get a hold of him if we wanted to draft Aaron Hernandez or not. Which and it I, led can't to let Jimmy a, I can't let an episode pass if I don't <laughs> plug the book, Jim. I just can't. 
You see how I segue, Matt? You see how I'm getting good at the segue? Let's just say that may or may not be in the blood and guts how tight ends save football. And let's just say Jim Monas may or may not have been a character involved in this book. I just love the drama. Can confirm. Can confirm and love the drama of drafts. And you guys do everybody, everybody that loves football and reads you guys, you guys give them the inside stuff like that, that. It's not just the coaches and quarterbacks. There's so much that goes into it. Well, there's people. And let me just blow a little smoke up Matt's ass here because he won't do it himself. But, like, Matt is one of the rare beat writers who is driven mm. through that prism. Like, you, you can just – I mean, we hit it off right away on the beat. Because you we guys want to know the stories. Yeah. But I feel like we just – we would talk about the job, talk about the team, and it was like our juices no got doubt. flowing. No. Matt's wired the same way, and it's – I don't know. I mean, there's there's people out there who do a good job, but I feel like a lot of people who cover the NFL, they just kind of like being part of the NFL. Let me just wear my nice suit in the press box. Let me take a picture for Instagram. Let's all just be excited that we're here and we're a part of the party. And Man. they don't want to dig. They don't want to investigate. They don't want to do the deep dive. It's just, let me just spit out this gamer and, you know, maybe I say something witty to Aaron Rodgers at a press conference and maybe I can tweet about it and maybe I can be part of this all. And then you get all the retweets, you get all the likes, and you go on your merry way. Matt's not wired like no. that, and that's why we have him out here, and that's why he's one of my best friends. You guys would be, you guys would be great area scouts if you had that passion. You guys would be incredible area scouts. Like, like I'm not in a position to ever get that job as a GM, but I honestly, if you guys wanted to do it, I would hire you guys in a heartbeat. Like, let's go. It, it's kind of a similar. There's yeah. a crossover between being a reporter and being no an area question, scout. Man. Like you no need question. sources, you need contacts, you need sources, people to trust big you. Thing, you know, like who can yeah. I talk to other than the head coach who's just going to say he's great? Right. Of course. Yeah, you need you need to think of who are you going to talk to? Yes, who are you going to find? You're trying to put together the story of who that player in person is. Yes, a fraction of it is how good is he at football? But frankly, the general manager is going to tell you what he thinks about how good he is at football anyways. And his opinion matters the most. It's okay. That's a piece of it, but who is he as a person? Who is he as a locker room guy? Not every GM is going to be able to get that on their own. They lean on the area guy to tell them, okay, you know, yeah, you could have your 25 minutes at the combine or your private interview or whatever, where you think you're getting the full character, but the real, you know, you spot uh, Justin Blackman, right? You know, I'm sure some area <laughs> scouts have Justin Blackman stories about, you know, red flags that were there. Um, oh, no question. Know, that. No question. You know, you spot things with different, you know, not, I don't know, not to throw Justin. I don't know. That's the first thing that popped into no, my head. I, so I love apologies, his name apologies, no, apologies to Justin I was Blackman. Thinking, I, don't I was know. thinking that was the first thing I was thinking. I was like, uh, why did you think But that's like an area for you. That's like an area scout type of find you know where you you dig some stuff up and you say i don't know if we want to you know aaron hernandez is an extreme example because i don't think any area scout thought that was coming anybody no you couldn't predict that matt but it was but there were this the strange part was the unwillingness (laughs) it was the unwillingness of people to really talk about him and then when Coach Payton reached out to Urban and couldn't get a response, it, it validated everything that I was dealing with at the University of Florida, where people gave you enough, but didn't want to say, like, look, I don't want to tell you. Florida, though. I'm sorry. I get it. They, no, Urban no, Meyer and these coaches him. want to get their guys drafted. 
But at some point, your ass is on the line. Your but, reputation's on the line. Tell these teams okay, but, this is a bad person. Do not. And that's me. the difference. That's the difference between area scouts and reporters. Is I I can understand coaches' motivation for being truthful and upfront as possible with area scouts. Sometimes that's easier to decipher with yeah. a, a reporter. Is like sometimes I wonder like why is this person talking to me? Some people just want the truth out there, right? They just want store the story to be told. But I think people are a bit more hesitant with reporters than area scouts for probably good reason. You know, there's more to gain from being honest with an area scout because hey, who knows? Maybe you're the position coach at Oklahoma state, you're the GA at Oklahoma state and you've got some Intel on a player and Jim Monas is hanging out at your campus. And in a couple of years, Jim Monas might have an internship open or he might have something open and he's going to remember that guy that was honest with him or you're urban Meyer and you just have a reputation. Well, it's a bad example because he probably doesn't have that reputation. No, but no, you're good. You're, you're a head you're coach. You're saying it's true. Yeah. You're a, you're a head coach and you're urban would tell the people he, your, your he, reputation yeah. is you're going to get a straight answer on these guys. You're going to get, and they're going to come back to your program and, and want to, you know, they want to get their guys paid too, to an extent though. Well, that that's definitely true, but I'm saying I can see the motivation. If you're, that should be a logical motivation for some coaches to say, I want as much as possible, these guys to come back and know they're getting a fair shake. Not everybody's like that. I'm sure there's a lot of college coaches, especially probably, you know, some of these smaller schools, it's probably a little bit tougher. They're like, geez, I, this is oh, our chance man. to get a guy out there. Yeah, they, don't hear sell, they don't sell anybody out, Matt. You're exactly you know, no, right. No surprise that nobody had anything but glowing things to say about Cole Strange. Now, I think it's because Cole Strange is that type of guy. He's just a pretty he could, clean. He, pro- he probably is, right? You know, he's just a pretty clean, all about football, hardworking kind of guy. But he also went to Chattanooga, and Chattanooga doesn't get a lot of phone calls from NFL scouts most years. And uh, you know, Jim Monas popped through one time to see Cam I, Newton, but <laughs> I, they were, they, it was it, it fell right on the schedule. But you know, like, so I don't know. Motivations are different everywhere, but. You know, I can see the motivation a little bit more when you're talking to the scouts because word gets around if you're not honest. And, you know, I think no doubt your word starts to mean less. And then when you do want to pump up a guy and you do want to help out one of your guys like Ty's talking about, your word doesn't carry as much weight because you're sitting there saying, wow, Urban's gassing this guy up. But he also gassed up this guy last year and he was a dingus. So, like, how can I? Yeah. You know, who do you how trust? Can I trust them. So that's no, it's, it's the same so, thing we do as reporters, right? The same got, thing we do where same, you have saying, a guy that throws a quote at you or, you know, tell a source that tells you, man, like this guy's going to be great. And you start kind of forming your opinions based off that. And then it's totally off base and you realize, well, or, you know, we're all kind of doing the, the same thing in that regard. And do you guys feel truth. like the more you cover a beat, Okay, and when I'm saying the beat, like I'm using that as an area for an area scout beat for you guys. The more you're on it, the more you get to know people, right? Right. And and find out who really, who do I need to talk to, or who is sniffing around, or who is that guy? They used to tell me that, you know, I I remember when I first started scouting in the southeast. That's a big deal in the area world, right? Oh, you're scouting. The Saints hired me as the southeast area scout. I was northeast for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm going to the Southeast and they're like, it's going to take time. And it did. 
they looked at me and you guys may have experienced this before, but they looked at me like, uh, who are you and what are you doing here watching our practice? Like, yeah, I know you're allowed to, but everybody you work with is GM of a team. Right. What are your credentials? Like, I know that guy. I know that guy. I've seen him on TV. Who are you? Because everybody's there. And that's it takes me time. right now coming to Boston. Right. Did you feel right. that? Did you feel that? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Like I met, met Robert Kraft and, you know, he, he was, you know, saying like, oh, this guy came from Buffalo. Like, can we trust him? You know, like joking around and, you know, that's the true, way Robert though. Kraft is. But, but I think when I first got here, I mean, readers, um, there's, and it is the type of, I think Boston is the type of media market that the Southeast is for an area scout where I agree. it takes a lot of time to, no doubt. you know, break in. And I think, you know, to your point, like the longer you spend on it, that was one of the cool things that I probably took for granted at the end of my time on the bills was I mentioned Taron Johnson making that big play. And I just like pull out my notebook and have all sorts of reporting on Taron Johnson because you had I've talked to him a bunch and I've talked to everybody who scouted him and the whole thing and it's college coaches. And it's like, well, now I have all this stuff that's going to make my column sing that other people don't have because I've been here a long time. All, all of a sudden, like, it was like, wow, I've been here a while. Nobody on the field can make a play where I can't do that. I can't like pull out my notebook and say, all right, like, who is this guy? How'd he get here? What is his story? What's the significance of him making the play? And it's the same as a scout when you're like, okay, that finally, let's say, I think Tennessee is probably a good example of the last five years or so. If you were in the Southeast, Tennessee for a while wasn't putting anybody in the league. It was weird. All of a sudden, like they had this gap, but then let's say you've developed the relationship with the right person and a good player comes along and you have good access to Intel or they have some guy that's under the radar. That's where just having as many sources as possible, knowing as much as possible. So when you're ready for the moment, did I know Taryn? Did I do that work because I knew Taryn Johnson was going to make the play? No. Do you make those relationships because you know that, Lenore Ryan is going to turn out a guy like Kyle Duggar. No, but all of a sudden you took a guy's business card at one point and Lenore Ryan is in your area and you stop by every year because you never know and you're being polite, but you're building relationships and then they have Kyle Duggar and you're ahead of the game on the character and everything else. So it's very much the same game. When I went on, on the flip side, I mean, you look at the New York giants and the, they stink. Oh, we have a we have a visitor. We're, yeah, we're, we're doing a little podcast here. Yeah, we are. Do you love the Bills? We've got Do you love visitor. Josh Allen? I totally love. The Bills. Do you love Brandon Bean, the GM? Just say yes. I love the Bills. Yeah. There it is. Love the Bills. You did good. You want to say hi? We can say hi. We've got a visitor here at Hamburg Brewing Company. Hi. Did you love Hamburg beer? Howdy. No, I don't want to be. Did you love the beer tonight? No, my son might like you though. Oh. Down the road. How old is he? Let's know a little go along. He's a college kid who is right now, he just graduated from Edinburgh in sports and recreation. PSAC. I'm Bloomsburg grad. Oh, he's going. I'm Bloomsburg grad. He's going tomorrow. We're driving to Pennsylvania. He's running the 5K. He is beautiful. Running the 5K. Cheers and congratulations. He's brilliant. It's hard to get into the PSAC schools. Well, he won. They won. I know. I went to Bloomsburg. I'm all about it. Yeah, we're all in the peace act. You don't win it. Jim, I think you have a new co-host. No, I'm talking I'm talking about the I'm talking about the education. So tell me your about your 
we're, we're live right now. Right now You're on it. You're on it. Football. Yeah, we should probably get back to it. The Bills. Okay. Well, we're made for the Bills. All right. That's all that matters. Well, thanks for stopping by. Tell him to tell him to subscribe to go long and we'll consider him. Go long. Go yeah. long. All right. There we go. He's got a year and a half for his master's. <laughs> tell him be friends with McDermott. He'll hire <laughs> McDermott. Sean McDermott will hire him and then fire him. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> That wasn't on the air. That wasn't on the air. No, we're recording. We're recording, Jim. We have the editor. <laughs> Perfect. Joe Paterno. Great. No, we're cutting all this. Yeah, I'm going to keep it in, I think. Did I just, did I just ruin the podcast? <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I was just trying to have fun. All right. So. Sorry, Matt. Little did I know, saying New York Giants would just ignite. How did that happen? I don't know how it happened. Anything happens here. They're clearing out here in Hamburg. Yeah, so we got to I'll make this here. point quick. Uh, to this point, I'm, I'm listening to your area scouts, though. So the Giants series I did, oh. I forgot this. I had to just pull it up. Marcus Cooper is the Southeast scout. For who the I know very well. You, you know him well. When I was talking He's a Bills to guy. Giants sources. Yeah, Bill's guy. Yeah, that's right. right. He was there. He was telling Gettleman telling the Giants, DeAndre Baker is bad news. Do not draft this guy. Um, I'm, I just pulled up the story. People can read it if they want. He'd call Baker on FaceTime and ask if he was working out, you know, randomly. And Baker just wouldn't even answer his home. You know, again, 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 again. That's the, and it's the, like these little things that yeah. kept adding up. And he's this area scout. He's, he's, you know, a certain place on that totem pole. But he wasn't listened to. And so what did the Giants do? They took Baker. They, I believe they dra- they traded up to number 30 in the first round to take DeAndre Baker. They passed on so many guys. And you can go right down the list. And I think Debo Samuel, I think that was that draft, oh. right? TK Metcalf, AJ Brown. It's always that one player. Um, there's, I mean, you can play that game all day long. Right. I get it. But <laughs> they should not have drafted somebody <laughs> right, that right. the area scout was telling them not to draft. And I think the teams that take those opinions into consideration I agree. are going to be ahead of the game. And it seems like Brandon Bean has kind of struck that balance. But I hope you guys, I hope both of you guys continue to do what you do and, and dig, you know, try to reach those area scouts because they'll give you, they won't sell people out. You know, yeah. they'll give you what you need, but they know, area scouts know, area scouts know what's going on with the players. With the players. Matt? That was a pleasure. Matt, that was awesome. It was good catching up. Always. Awesome to good see to see you guys. Hopefully hey, we'll we see you in person. We got the birthday card in the mail, by the way. We got it yeah. in the mail, baby. Nolan. It's crazy. One year coming up. Yeah. Wild. Time flies. Matt, we're all fathers. We're all tired. I mean, I, on Twitter, I was uh, selling this as a Patriots Bills toddler podcast. So I like that. The toddler. We, we waited a while to get into the toddler talk, but we really sh- we needed to devote an hour to how to raise these little rug rats, I can't right? contribute. I don't know how to raise kids. When when I does try, a, somebody become it's a hard. toddler? That was a question I, I had. I some people say it's a year, but I really feel like our little guy here has entered the entered it a little early. I think he's ahead of the I curve think, is what I'm saying. I think it is whatever you decide it to be. Right. I think you it's just whenever, look at him one day and you're like, this little guy is a toddler. Because he's a little ahead of Sonny 
but I feel like Sonny is entering toddlerhood now. He's crawling everywhere. I think he's a month older. No one's like pulling himself up on stuff. He's... That's what I was going to say. I think when the movement starts, I feel like toddler enters the phase. It's now I'm on parental leave again and it's exhausting. I get to the end of the days and I'm just There's like the word every spent. time, Tyler and I, every time exhausting spent. Not, e- not even the, uh, you know, the, you know, sleeping at night and all that is, is no, it's is not that fine. It's, not, it's, it's, it's just chasing him around all day and picking him up. And it's unbelievable. Making sure he's not, you know, pulling himself on, you know, yeah. stuff he's not supposed to and carrying him around. He's heavy, you know, it's like, I gotta get in shape. He's like a little dumbbell. Yeah. He's like a little dumbbell. Just don't fall just, into the cocoa melon trap. Don't do it. Haven't done it yet. We've uh, the you. only thing that really he hasn't really taken to the television yet. We'll have on like sports in the background occasionally, and we had on hockey the one day, and the goal horn went off, and he started cracking up. So that's <laughs> really the only time he's like interacted with the television. For some reason, my son likes horse racing and the NBA playoffs, <laughs> but I can't figure out why. That's what I keep saying. I'm like, oh, he really likes golf. I'm like, because golf guy. I can't figure out why. <laughs> I think he likes golf because daddy's got a lot of money on. Uh, tom hoagie this weekend i don't know <laughs> i always tell him i always tell him on that horse race whenever it ends i say okay i'm going to turn the channel now that's the best part about it you win or lose in two minutes you don't have to waste your time waiting three hours matt matt you're the man great to see that was you. fun everybody man. read matt fairburn stories follow him on twitter everywhere let's do it again soon we uh enjoy we your got, we got enjoy your uh, yeah and matt enjoy your off season yes Absolutely. We'll do. You guys, you guys are just like me. scouts. And enjoy the hopefully I'll hopefully we'll we'll enjoy a, a beverage or two at Hamburg Brewing. We'll be back in about a month and a half ish for for Nolan's uh, birthday and in, in Buffalo and Hamburg Brewing will will have to be at the top of our list for our our tour right. to Buffalo. We'll we're let we'll let it. we'll let McDermott know you're coming. Sorry, Tell, yeah, I forgot to give him my address change. I missed the Christmas card would, this year. He must have. If there were two tables at Hamburg Brewery, and Sean and McDermott had to sit with Matt or Jim Monas, he'd who, sit with me. You're not included. <laughs> no, actually, you are. No, actually, you might be included because okay. I think you're on the hit list. Who who would he pick? It's hmm. a good question. Jim, you he know, would pick Jim. I think you'd pick you. You're a football guy. You're a football guy. I also got him a $5 million yeah, you, a year job. You, you did get him the interview, and you did push More now. hiring. That has to mean something. I feel like I'm best friends with Sean. I'm going to call him tonight. <laughs> All right, man. Let's do it again soon, brother. See you, Matt. See you. See you soon, fellas. Cheers.